Welcome to the Cadence McShane Podcast, a construction podcast covering relevant and timely topics across the state of Texas. Let's dive in. Will, it's a pleasure to be with you today and talk about some of the trends that are going on in industry, looking backwards and looking forwards. Um, some of the questions that I'd like to discuss with you today are um, looking back at the last month, what's one thing that's impacted construction the most in your mind? Great question. I think I might take it back more than a month, but in the last couple of months, we've started to see a shift away from where the most volatility is around material to really where labor is starting to drive the volatility, I think. I think the... You know, I've been talking about this for probably eight to 12 months the last year with, with people internally and our clients that I thought that labor was going to really become the driving force for price escalations. And I think that's starting to come, come true. And that's really starting to show up in the last 60 days. I think it'll continue. Doesn't mean we're still not going to have supply chain issues and still some material volatility, but it seems to be a little less crazy than it was six months ago on the material side. I think the labor is going to be with us for quite a while, at least here in Texas, for sure, just because we have such a shortage and there's so much work coming online. I think that will continue to be the issue, but it seems to be the shift that's occurred you know, kind of over the summer. And do you see that labor constraint really being multiplied across all the divisions of construction or are they more acutely felt in, in one division over another? Pretty universal. There's been some single family slowdown. We've seen a few like framing labor guys come back to that, to the multifamily market, but not enough to make a difference. I think it's, it's just generally across the board. There's not enough people, not enough tradesmen to do the work that's out there. The subcontractors have more work than they can manage than they have people to produce. And that's driving, driving escalations in cost. It's just driving what subcontractors are willing to look at. And it's becoming a continued challenge or it's continuing to be a challenge for general contractors. And I think it's going to get worse, not better in the next, you know, 12, 18, 24 months. Okay. Looking forward, a similar question, and I'm sure some of the same answers would apply looking forward as well. But is there any caveat or anything different that you see on the horizon as you look forward to the next uh, month ahead or two months ahead? What do you see impacting construction the most? We'll stretch it out. I think the next month or two, I don't know that a whole lot's going to change, right? I think we've seen one and a half to 2% cost escalations a month for the last 12 months, effectively. I think we're going to continue to see those through the end of the year. I think we're going to continue to see globally on a construction project escalations. There'll be more concentrated around labor and subcontractor availability than materials, but I think we'll continue to see that. The real question is going to be, does inflationary pressures, recession, fears, concerns, realities, does that, and the, there's a real constraint in the debt markets right now, do those issues begin to stop projects? Do projects stop long enough to see subcontractors change their behavior around pricing. For the last 12 months, what everybody's experienced from their projects is stop, start, stop, start. And there's always been a start after the stop. 30 days, get it worked out, figure out the price escalations, let's get this thing started again. Permit delay, hey, we're going to work through that, let's get this thing started again. We're going to need to see a prolonged stop without a start before we see a correction in pricing putting my crystal ball you know, in front of me and my, my prognosticator hat on, I don't know that the, any recessionary pressures and the stop that we're really going to see here in Texas is going to be long enough and deep enough to make a significant change. I think we see a leveling of pricing, a flattening, 
over Q1 and Q2 of, of 2023, but I really don't think we're going to see a, a retraction in pricing. And so what I tell clients today is the number you have today is probably the best number you're going to get going forward. It's not going to go down. We're going to see it go up a little bit over the next three, two or three or four months. It may flatten, but then it's going to pick back up again. The only way it's going to go down is if we have a major recession and projects go away, they don't happen. And the reality is if we're in a major recession, even though the price, the cost of construction may have gone down, the fundamentals of their deals aren't going to work and they're not going to be able to get them done. So I think that the reality is pricing is going to stay where it's not going to go below where it is today. Well, um, next question. What are you seeing in terms of momentum for construction volume over the next season? And are things speeding up or slowing down? It's a tough read. I think, I think there's a little bit of a slowdown. It's, it's, it's a little odd. We Since the slowdown, we've had a pickup and actually some pricing, but I almost feel like that's some tire kicking from some developers who are trying to understand where the market is. So I would say is there's been a little bit of a slowdown. I think it might be seasonal at some level tied to the debt markets. There's been a real issue with private debt and a traffic jam in the debt market. A lot of people believe that's, you know, once we get clear of Labor Day and get into later into September and October, that's going to start to clear up a little bit and that'll free projects up and they'll start moving again. I, I think it's going to slow down a little bit. It's not going to stop. As I said earlier, I think we're going to see that through Q1, Q2, but I really believe we're going to see projects picking up in earnest. That's private sector. Public sector, we're seeing a lot of large bond programs in schools. We're seeing you know, larger institutional projects. And this is a private sector project, but if you look at what Samsung and the big chip manufacturing facilities are doing in Texas, big facilities in Sherman, large facilities in Taylor outside of Austin, I mean, those are going to put huge constraints on the market and those are going to, those are going to continue to grow and, and we're going to see that in place. So I do think a little bit of a slowdown, but compared to the speed and, you know, of where things were going, it's still not going to be significant. Yeah. You mentioned equity before. It's interesting. I had a lunch with a private equity guy today and he was talking about bridge loans and how those are kind of drying up and how that might be a, a catalyst in a negative way, I guess catalyst in the right word, but might be a deterrent or a hurdle, you know, for projects moving forward in the future. Do you see equity, you know, markets kind of, kind of, or, or the capital stack or the, or the whole debt, you know, kind of role of debt? Do you see that changing a lot over the next quarter, especially with interest rates, the way yeah, they're going? Sorry to stand over you there or walk over you there. I think there's two um, there's components to that. The, the equity side of the equation, there's a lot of money out there wanting to get into deals. So there's not really a, a equity problem. Now, they're a little bit concerned about the volatility in the market and the fundamentals changing. And so they're looking at deals a little bit more critically than they were maybe six months ago. But there's still plenty of money out there on the equity side of the equation. On the debt side, the lenders, that's where it's really kind of caught up in a traffic jam. Debt repayments aren't happening as quickly as they thought. And the big institutions that hold a lot of that debt just don't have the capacity. And so some things are going to have to get freed up in the coming months. But I think most of the experts in those capital markets believe that's going to happen through the end of this year. Things will stabilize and then they'll get freed back up and you'll see things moving forward again. So I think it's going to stay bound up a little bit through the end of the year. Like I said, people will start working on their deals. It'll slow down a little bit on because we're a little bit of a lagging indicator, Q1, Q2 of next year while they're putting those together, and then it's going to take back off again. Now, that might not be the case, but that seems to be what everyone believes and they're kind of rallying around, I guess. Okay. 
obviously everyone's recognizes that there's been a lot of changes over the last couple of years. And as you mentioned, some of those changes might be here to stay, um, especially since COVID kind of impacted our, our world and obviously the construction market so heavily. What's a real life example of how the construction economy and environment is different today than even a few years ago? Well, there's lots. I mean, try to narrow in on one or two that make a big difference. I think two big ones. I'll say one at a, at a maybe an external view is the risk transfer. So for the longest time, really from the early 80s till you know early 2020, there's been a, a real push of risk transfer downstream from the equity, from the owners, the equity, the debt, through the developers, through the general contractors, down to the subcontractors and the material suppliers. And so that, that risk just pushed downstream. With the material volatility, the supply chain issues and everything, the risk transfer, that was kind of a, think of a seismic shift and the river started flowing back upstream. And so that risk transfer shifted and went back upstream from subcontractors through general contractors, back to developers, back up to the debt and equity. And we started to see contract terms really change and become much more subcontractor, general contractor friendly, if you want to use that as a phrase, and it leveled the playing field. So that's a fundamental shift we've seen. Remains to be seen how that plays out over time. I, I do think it'll be um, there'll be a pendulum will come back a little bit, but I think it'll it'll reach a little bit more of a middle ground. So it went from far left back to far right. I think it'll come back to the middle. There'll still be some risk transfer. I think it'll be select on select opportunities and select items. I don't think it's going to be a wholesale risk transfer, but I do think it'll be a more level, even playing field. I think um, I believe that. Developers, owners, debt and equity will value contractors a little differently. They'll look at it a little less like a commodity and a little more like a service. And, and we've seen that. And I, I believe, I'm hopeful that that will be here to stay, at least for the foreseeable future. And we'll, we'll see a little bit of a leveling of the playing field there. I think that would be a really actually a good thing for all parties. The other one is really the whole remote work, work from home dynamic and how that affects culture, training, development, um, especially on younger employees, newer employees to the organization. How do we, how do we drive culture? So you can't, I've said this to folks, we can't drive culture and collaboration and community remotely. You can only do that in person. And I think as a company, Cadence Machine, we've had a, a pretty, I call it progressive approach to work from home compared to a lot of other construction companies. And I believe we're going to probably move back pendulum swing. We're going to move back more to being in the office or on our projects in the field and having a lot less remote work. We'll be flexible. We'll have a level of flexibility that I don't think we had or most contractors had previously. Um, but culture, collaboration, community are really important things to us. And I think to drive that, we're going to have to be coming back in. So I think that shift is going to be coming back to the middle. And I think a lot of companies are going to see that happening more and more. And, and I think that's another seismic shift that we've seen that the pendulum went way to the right. I think it's going to come back to the middle here as we, as we go forward. And I think that'll probably be a major change in 2023. You'll see a lot more companies talking about people coming back to the office more so than they anticipated. Final question. Um, if you could kind of have your crystal ball, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen, but if you could give your, give your thoughts on uh, any game changers that you see on the horizon that we need to keep an eye out towards that potentially could have heavy impact on the industry. So let's talk at a more local level and game changers. I, I think the labor shortage is going to continue. The, the question will be, how does prefabrication, offsite fabrication, 
call it robotics, whatever you want to call it. How do we how do we overcome that labor shortage and what can happen creatively to make that to allow that to happen? The construction industry is not a real uh, forward thinking R&D type industry. We don't typically take risk and chances around new developments like that. It takes time. But I do believe we're going to have to get our arms around that labor. It's it's the labor shortage is here to stay. We're going to see a lot of development. We're going to have to get our arms around that. That would be a game changer if we can really start seeing significant levels of prefabrication. I don't know how 3D printing factors into that. That could be something that comes, but there's going to be something that happens creatively around that. I still don't know what it is, but I think that would be a game changer if we saw that. Talking about the other side of the equation, the market fundamentals in the United States and Texas especially are really strong around, you know, population growth continued, you know, over the next 10 years, significant growth in population in Texas, we're going to see significant projects. Those will continue to happen. The fundamentals, even though we're seeing huge cost escalations and inflation and volatility, the fundamentals are still in place to see big growth. I think the wild card is going to be what happens internationally. And are there, because we're so linked internationally with so many other countries and our economies, is there some weird black swan that's out there that is it sitting here in 2019? No one know what no one know what COVID-19 is. So if we look out in the future, the war in, in Ukraine, what's going to happen with, with major food shortages? How's that going to affect India? How's that going to affect sub-Saharan Africa? I mean, if you started getting into huge social unrest and you start seeing these big, you know, really earth-shattering kind of things start to come and happen, you know, does that begin to tilt things in a way that even though the fundamentals are good, that it derails things that are happening at home because of what's going on internationally. And I don't know, but I think there's a, you know, that's a real concern for, I think, especially people that have a more global view are very concerned about that. Um, it's easy for us to see how much work we have going on and to not worry about that a whole lot, but I think it needs to be, you know, in the, in the back of your mind at least, and people need to be thinking about it because something significant in Taiwan or China or some other, you know, event in Europe or a, or a nuclear reactor, you know, melts down and we have a major event like that. And then it affects, you know, significant portions of Europe. I don't know what that'd be, but I would say it would ripple back to us in a significant way. And I think that's the game changer. I think that concerns me a little bit that's out there that could in the short term, it's not going to be a 10 year event, but in the short term could derail what we think is going to be a really great 23, 24 and 25 that could upend that and, and we'd have to react to that. But if you know if we're in that boat, everybody's in that boat, we'll just have to figure it out. But I, I think those are the those are kind of the things that I see out there. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>